Hi, this is Hank Garrett. I'm a guest on On Screen and Beyond. And I'm having the time of my life. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Here we are with another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zarak. This is episode 540 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take you back 60 years ago. There was a TV show called Car 54, Where Are You? And our guest is Officer Nicholson from that show. He played alongside Fred Gwynn, who, of course, uh, became Herman Munster, and Joey Ross, who was in the TV show It's About Time. And, of course, they were in all sorts of other things, and uh, Fred Gwynn was in Pet Cemetery and, and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, And Hank Garrett is the uh, guy who played Officer Nicholson. And uh, he has a book out. It's called From Harlem Hoodlum to Hollywood Heavy. And he's going to be joining us to talk about that. And, and, and he has an incredible story. You just got to listen to this because it's just so many things that he's done and people he's met and, and just his life in general. So you got to be listening for this one. It's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And uh, let's see, a blast from the past that uh, I have posted is the second episode of On Screen and Beyond, and it featured Dan Monahan and Wyatt Knight from the Porky's films. Now, they were in Porky's, Porky's 2 and Porky's 3, and uh, it was a lot of fun having these guys on the show. So you got to listen to that one. It's up on the website uh, now and also on um, you know all the providers, uh, podcast providers and everything. So you can check that out. It's, a, it's Like I say, it's a lot of fun. You get those two guys together, and uh, they were a lot of fun at that time. So that's it. Uh, let's get right into it. It's time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, a remake of 1987's The Running Man, which starred Arnold Schwarzenegger, will be made by the mastermind of Baby Driver. And they say this one will be more faithful to Stephen King's novel. That's what it was taken from. Of course, Stephen did that under the name of Richard Bachman. And on April 16th, uh, that's the date now of the remake of Mortal Kombat. It will be hitting theaters and on HBO Max. And a musical remake of The King and I is in the works over at Paramount, and no further details are available yet. That's it for Remake Madness, coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Upcoming new movies, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which stars David Batista, lands on Netflix on May 21st. And it's about a group of mercenaries trying to pull off a heist in Las Vegas during a zombie outbreak. 
And you can look for Robert De Niro to star in a film called The Comeback Trail. As a pair of producers owe a mobster money, a large amount of money, and it's played by Morgan Freeman, and they have no way to pay it back. So they set out to kill the star of their movie, played by Tommy Lee Jones, and collect the insurance money. And Charlie Day and Jenny State will star in I Want You Back. It's a rom-com on Amazon. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Sequel City, it looks like a sequel to the horror movie Blind called Pretty Boy is set to be released later this year. And District 10, the sequel to District 9, the sci-fi hit, is now being written according to the director, Neil Bloomkamp and Rachel Ziegler who will be playing Maria in Steven Spielberg's remake of uh, The West Side Story, has joined the cast of the sequel to Shazam, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. And that's it for sequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV on DVD. TV on DVD, Ancient Alien Season 13, lands on DVD on April 13th, and it looks like... Supernatural, the 15th and final season, flies onto shelves and on Blu-ray and DVD on May 25th. And it looks like Riviera, season 2, arrives on March 9th. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, May 4th. Tim Burton's Big Fish will have its sway onto 4K Ultra HD, and Promising Young Woman arrives on digital on March 2nd, and on Blu-ray on and DVD, of course, on March 16th. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, and that lands on Blu-ray and DVD on April 6th. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, Paramount announces that Mission Impossible 7 and A Quiet Place 2 will stream on Paramount Plus just 45 days after their theatrical release. And Disney Plus will bring a new TV series to the channel on July 2nd, Monsters at Work is a continuation of the Monsters, Inc.'s films, and it's going to have the voices of Billy Crystal in it and uh, John Goodman. So uh, the, the guys are back. And season four of Ozark on Netflix will bring Bruce Davidson on as a recurring role. That's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have Hank Garrett joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Now, like I said earlier, 60 years ago, he was on a TV show called Car 54, Where Are You? He played Officer Nicholson. And now, after this long career that he's had, an incredible story, you've got you to read the book to find out about it. But, uh, you know, he's going to talk about it here at On Screen and Beyond. But his book is called From Harlem Hoodlum to Hollywood Heavy. Hank Garrett, next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond takes us back to a hit TV show 60 years ago called Car 54, Where Are You? 
He played the role of Officer Nicholson in the show besides uh, Fred Gwynn, who later became Herman Munster, and comedian Joe E. Ross. He also appeared in numerous TV shows and movies over the years. He has an incredible life story of growing up in Harlem and going from a possible life of crime to appearing on the small screen and the big screen beside many of Hollywood's biggest stars. He has a book out that tells the whole story called From Harlem Hoodlum to Hollywood Heavy. It's Hank Garrett. Hank, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Okay, and I, I want to correct one thing. Sure. You said 60 years ago, I was uh, two and a half years old at the time. <laughs> okay, so you were a young police officer on Not Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, you, you know, Hank, it, it, I was looking over your bio, and of course, when I was a kid watching Car 54, I, I never knew your story, but now I look at the what you you went through and it's it, it's just an incredible story uh there are times I, I really don't believe it myself uh yeah i i spent a lot of time on the street as a, as a young man uh my folks were uh immigrants they were from russia and uh they in new land wound up in new york selling fruits and vegetables on a pushcart. And I was born very late in life to them. And they truly were working 15, 16 hours a day away from home. Wow. So I was on my own at a very, very early age at times that uh, I slept in cardboard boxes on the street. Wow. I slept under stairwells. And uh, I became a hoodlum. Hmm. Uh, I was a tough, tough kid, always fighting, always in trouble. Uh, in fact, uh, at the age of nine, uh, I got my nose broken by a gang member. Gee. So, you know, I said, hello, <laughs> welcome to New York. <laughs> and uh, I... Uh, Got involved in martial arts when I was 11. I was training with a, a gentleman from Korea, and his name was Min Pai. And I came and started studying with him, but for the wrong reason. I told him I wanted to be a better street fighter. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, no, 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 no. I don't teach street fighter. And I came back the second time, and... In a while, I, I looked at him and I he realized that I learned respect and humility or else he would not train me. Mm-hmm. So that was my introduction to martial arts and now I'm a grandmaster in martial arts. Wow. I'm in the, I'm in the Korea and uh, Karate Hall of Fame and I'm also in the uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. I, I, I saw that and... Uh... I was looking over uh, the, the information, and you are in... I, I didn't know you were in the Wrestling Hall of Fame, but uh, you, you fought with Killer Kowalski? <laughs> uh, it wasn't exactly a fight. <laughs> uh, I flew to California. Uh, my manager had set me up to do some uh, matches, 
And Killer Gwalski met me at the airport. Mm-hmm. And uh, he took me, checked me into a hotel and a place, and, and he took me to breakfast lunch. I couldn't even leave a tip. And I'm wrestling him that evening. <laughs> now, Killer was about six foot four, six five, two hundred and seventy five, two hundred and eighty pounds. I'm five eleven at the time, and I weighed uh, two, twenty two thirty. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing in there looking at this mountain, and. Uh, I went to shake his hand, and he slapped me right across the face. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I went, okay, you want to play that game? Okay, I'll play it with you. And I bounced off the ropes, and I hit him with a forearm smash. I mean, I could have knocked the shoes off a full-grown horse with that shot. <laughs> and when I, I threw the shot, I was looking down. And I noticed that his feet hadn't moved. <laughs> when I looked up, he was standing there with his arms crossed, and he whispered to me, Is that your best shot? <laughs> and uh, after the match, <laughs> I, and they were building me up because uh, they thought I would wind up being the champion. Because uh, I I was known, when you're young, you're known as a baby face. And they were really, I was really, really building up because of my martial arts background. I was beating a lot of really big guys. But after the match in the locker room, uh, Kowalski says to me, do you know what you said every time you ran past me? I said, I ran past you? <laughs> Yes, and you kept screaming, Ma! <laughs> so you were known as the Minnesota farm boy, right? Yes, I'd never been to Minnesota, never saw a farm. <laughs> I was from New York, the streets of New York. So they, they just came up with that name for you? Absolutely, absolutely. They dyed my hair blonde. In fact, uh, when I came home uh, to my mom and dad, uh, very, very, very few times did we spend together. And we were living in a a fifth-floor walk-up, and it was a slum. Mm -hmm. But my mom saw me with the blonde hair. She knew I went to California. She thought I'd gone to California to be an actor. Well, she opened my suitcase, and she saw my robe, which was had a stand-up collar, and it was loaded with spangles and beads and fringes, and all my wardrobe was made for me by my fan club. The youngest member of my fan club must have been about 125 years old, <laughs> and they kept bringing me food and making my wardrobe. Wow. Well, my mother saw the beads and the spangles, and she just looked at them, looked at me with the blonde hair, and she said, uh, 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 
uh, tell me the truth. Are you a communist? <laughs> I said, no, Mom, this is just makeup and what I wear when I'm wrestling. Hmm. Oh, my God. Wow. That's, I mean, when I was looking, like you say, I was looking over the information, and I see the name Killer Kowalski, and that took me back to when I was a kid watching, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the, 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 the do you, Ivan Puts, uh, Ivan, Ivan Putsky. Putsky, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my. Well, I had worked with these guys. Uh, I mean, they were so much older and so much wiser than me but i learned i learned from everyone that i had wrestled mm-hmm. and uh wow i i was gaining uh reputation uh i and next i was going to be uh, on the same card with the top names because they were really building me up wow so it was it was amazing, yeah. just amazing. Jeez. So how okay? You're a wrestler. You grew up in in the in poverty in the, in Harlem, and then you go to wrestling. And how does Sammy Davis Jr. come into the story for you? Oh my God! I was always in trouble, uh, truly in trouble. My mother. There was a gentleman who was the mayor of Harlem. And he was one of my mother's customers. And my mother was crying to him that she was afraid of what was going to happen to me, that I would either be shot and killed or of going to prison for the rest of my life. Well, he had pity. He came over to me, and and I'm standing there. I'm 12 years old. I'm standing on a street corner smoking with my fellow hoodlums. And he walked over and slapped the cigarette out of my mouth. He was a very tall gentleman, very good-looking guy. So he said, your mother wants me to take you out. And I said, my mother is putting a contract on me? <laughs> because in New York, if you say take somebody out, it means kill them. Right. <laughs> so he said, no, stupid you and I are going out tonight. He said, uh, you got a suit? And I said, yeah. His name was Willie Bryant. Yeah, I said, yeah, I got a suit. He says, put the suit on. He said, hey, man, but before you put the suit on, take a bath. <laughs> I want to really punch this guy out. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I took a bath and put on the suit. And uh, he took me to the Apollo Theater which was an all-black theater in Harlem. Yeah. And I looked at the marquee, and it said, starring Sammy Davis Jr. Now, we went in, but we didn't go into the theater. We went around the back, and we went into Sammy Davis Jr.'s dressing room. Hmm. And Willie Bryant said to Sam, this is the kid I was telling you about. So he said, hey, man, sit down. So I sat down. He said, uh, you're a tough guy, huh? I said, yeah, I'm tough. He said, tough guys usually wind up with broken bones and scars. But you're beyond that. You're going to go to prison or you're going to die. I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had a gun in my pocket. I had a 25 caliber pistol. 
And as he was talking and telling me what's going to happen, that gun got heavier and heavier and heavier. He got me a job as a band boy with an all-black orchestra. And I, I said, well, what's a band boy? And he told me, you put the music out, and it was the Lucky Millinder Orchestra. And at the end of the evening, you gather all the stuff up. I did. Went, everything went very smoothly. And the band leader, Lucky, came up to me. And he said, hey, man, you did a great job. He says, here you go. And he gave me $50. Wow. 50 bucks in those days. He said, get yourself some new kicks. Shoes. My shoes were torn to shreds. Oh, yeah. In fact, my left shoe was held together with big rubber band. Oh, jeez. So I went down to Florsheim Shoes. I bought a pair of shoes for $15 and gave my mother 35 More money than she had seen in forever. Hmm. Then Sammy got me a job up in the Catskills. And I was watching comics. I was always funny. I was always, every time I got into trouble with a gang, I'd start telling jokes to take their mind off beating me up. And it worked. Mm -hmm. Well, 20 years later, I'm at the Sands in Las Vegas opening for Tony Bennett. Wow. Opening, opening that sitting in front of me, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Peter Lawford, and Sammy Davis Jr., did Sammy Frank know? gave me a standing, standing ovation. Wow. Did Sammy recognize you? Important. I'm sorry? Did Sammy recognize you? That's the point I was just coming to. Sam walked up to me and said, Hey, man, you're a funny cat. <coughs> Where do I know you from? You look so familiar. I said, Sam... I'm the kid you said was going to go to prison or die. Wow. We both cried. We hugged each other and cried. Gee, that is incredible. Oh. It's, it, it, I see it today. Hmm. Boy. I, and, and, uh, it still brings tears to my eyes when I think about it. I had it not been for Sammy Davis Jr., he was right. I would either be dead or in prison. Yeah. We'll be back with more of our guests right after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So how did you become a, a police officer? A, a real police officer, not on, not on your 54. <laughs> yes. I thought I could make a difference. 
I really did. I saw the cops in the neighborhood. A lot of them didn't care what happened to any of us. They put their eight hours in. They went home. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know something, man? I am going to be different. I'm going to start, and maybe the others will follow suit. I'm going to start respecting people instead of just pushing them aside and saying, yeah, 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 okay, okay. And do something to help the people because, man, we're in trouble. Well, I was on the job for a couple of months, and I realized I'm not making much of a difference. And somebody came up to me because he had seen me working in the Catskills as, as a comic. There was a guy, he was another comic. And his wife was a secretary of Nat Hiking, the guy who created the Bilko show. So they said, look, my friend, he says, my, my wife is secretary to Nat. He's working on a show called Car 54, Where Are You? How would you like to go down and meet, do an audition? I think you'd be perfect. I said, man, I don't know anything about an audition. He said, just go down and meet Nat Hiken. I knew the name from the Bilko show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I go in and I sit down. And I'm, now I'm really getting nervous. I'm, getting, I'm starting to shake. Nat Hiken, who was the sweetest, most brilliant man in the world. Sat there, looked at me, and said, you're Ed Nicholson. I said, oh, no, 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 I'm Hank Garrett. (laughs) He said, just the kind of dummy I'm looking for. (laughs) Ed Nicholson is the character I want you to play on Car 54. Where are you? You are him. Wow. And and I, 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 I... I couldn't speak. Jeez. Huh. And that, that that's how it happened. Yeah. Now, what was it like working on Car 54? I mean, it, there were a lot of stars on that show, uh, in the cast, for one thing, and then the guests, yes. the guests that were on that show. That was like the show to be on, I guess. Oh, God, yes. Nat Hiken was a big, big fight fan. So he had the champions on Rocky Graziano, Oh, God, so many. It's, oh, God. Every star, every middleweight, every heavyweight fighter that he could get on the show, he would have. Really? Wow. And I became friends with so many of them. Oh, we hung out. I don't drink, but some of them did, but I just sat there in awe. Oh, sure. Of being with these guys, yeah. Jake Lamada. Jake and I were friends until he passed. So it was wow, wow, what an experience! Yeah, that is incredible. I mean, <laughs> now as a kid, you couldn't even—I wouldn't think you could even imagine being with these people. You know, growing up as you did, and and then even yeah. another thing I wanted to mention was about. When you went to Har- the the, um, the Apollo Theater in Harlem for the first time, did you ever think that you could possibly be on stage there? Like, you were the first white comedian on there, right? Yes, yes. That's, that's and, amazing. 
And people came up to me as I was going into the, the dressing room. And they said, uh, excuse me, oh, where, where are you going, man? I said, to my dressing room. They said, your dressing room? <laughs> uh, wh- where do you think you are, my friend? <laughs> and I said, the Apollo Theater. And they said, uh-oh, somebody must have sold this guy a bill of goods and he bought it. <laughs> I went, no, no, there's my name up on it. He said, you're Hank Garrett? I said, yeah. Damn. <laughs> so, and now, when I got up on stage, my entire neighborhood was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can All imagine. All the people I grew up with. Yeah. Wow. They came to see me there. Now, at one point in my life, I was raised by a Puerto Rican neighborhood. And so I spoke Spanish. And I also, my closest friend in the world was a guy named George Washington Jr. So they, they and their families were there. Mm-hmm. And now, I would, the wonderful thing, when it's a black audience, they're critics. I told a joke, it went well. Somebody was saying, no, that was a good one, man. <laughs> I said, well, thank for you. <laughs> okay, it's okay. Don't mention it. It was that kind of a situation. Wow. Huh. Well, oh. it's, it's, I mean, it's just, like I say, that people have got to get this book because, I mean, it, there's so many things. I can see that, I mean, we're running out of time here. But uh, there's just so many things I want to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> well, call Harlan. We'll get together again. Yeah. Well, I, can can I? You, do you have a minute? A few more minutes to squeeze a few more questions in, or? Sure, of course. Um, because, like I say, I, there's so many things that we can talk about. Working on Car Fifty Four was it a good cast to work with? Oh, we had it was a picnic. Uh, a very dear friend of mine. Uh, a guy, uh, Nipsey Russell. Yes. Uh, he was a stand-up comic. And he had worked a club in Harlem for 16 years. Wow. He had written new material every time he appeared. Uh, he was a very dear friend of mine. And we rode together to, to the show. And uh, it was... I'd look forward each day going to work with these incredibly brilliant, brilliant people. Fred Gwynn, oh, what am I, Harvard grad. Uh, he was a cartoonist, and he, he illustrated and, and wrote children's books. Joey Ross, we won't even talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're just a uh, crazy but guy. All the people on the show were so amazing. I learned so much about acting, mm. uh, just being myself, Yeah, allowing myself to be myself. Mm. So it, it's, it was God sent. Yeah. Well, Sammy Davis Jr. was my angel. Oh, I'm sure. Jeez. In fact, I go to children that are incarcerated. And I talk to them, the fact that I was where they were. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, 
I said, I, I was right here, right here where you are. Yeah. And I tell them that God sent me an angel. And there's an angel out there for each and every one of you kids. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be able to listen. You've got to be ready to listen with your ears and your heart. And I promise you, if you have a problem, you need help. Call me. And I gave them my home number. Wow. And they wrote me letters saying, Mr. Garrett, Sammy Davis Jr. was your angel. You are our angel. Mm-hmm. And I never stop. Every time I mention that, I, I feel like I'm going to break down and start crying. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now, what I, I, I have to ask you this. There's so many, there's so many things I could ask you, but <laughs> you fought with, El- with Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I sparred with Sparred with Elvis. Elvis. <laughs> what was that like? Oh, it was amazing. I was appearing at the Sands. Uh, a friend of mine was appearing with Elvis. He opened for Elvis. And he told Elvis I was a black belt. Elvis uh, was a black belt. Yes. So I got a call from one of Elvis's crew saying, would you please be willing to do Elvis Presley the honor of sparring with him? And I said, you want me to do him the honor? <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, I'll give the kid a break. <laughs> Elvis rented one of the room, one of the big halls at the Sands. Mm-hmm. He showed up. He's wearing an outfit that must have cost $25,000. Wow. Spangle, one leg one on the his bed said Elvis, the other said Presley. I'm wearing my $1.95 outfit that's falling apart. <laughs> He comes in and he called me sensei, which in Japanese is teacher. Yes, yeah. And I said, Elvis, you don't refer to me as sensei because you are, you and I are of the same rank. He said, oh, okay, sensei. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now, before we spar, he says, sensei, please try not to hit me in the face because I've got a show to do tonight. I said, well, Elvis, don't hit me in my face because I, too, have a show to do tonight. And Elvis <laughs> said, Sensei, if I hit you in the face, it'd be an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know I'm going to kill you. You know that. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> so we sparred, uh, and he was very good. He was excellent, excellent fighter. So we became friends. Wow. And uh, it, it was wonderful. Just wonderful. Well, Hank, uh, one final question here. Um, Taking us away from your incredible life and incredible story that everybody should go out and get your book from Harlem Hoodlum. Yes, and the proceeds go to the disabled American veterans. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. But uh, taking us away from all of that, um, I'd like to finish up with a final question of when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Wow, I see some of the older movies, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and the classics, and I enjoy them immensely. Uh, in fact, I was very fortunate 
the I won the New York Film Critics Award for a movie I did, a movie called Three Days of the Condor. Yes, yes. And I won it for Best Fight Scene, and then I was flown to Las Vegas for a special award, and the award says Best Fight Scene in Film Ever. Wow. So I was really, really uh, uh, honored, and I still feel very, very, very blessed. And that was with Robert Redford, correct? Robert Redford, Faye Dunaway, Max von Sydow. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to add one thing, if I may. Sure. If people want to buy a copy of the book, have them, they can send it to the request was hank.garrett at yahoo.com. If they send it directly to me, I will dedicate it and autograph the book. Wow. If they buy the book in a bookstore or any place, there's no autograph. Mm-hmm. I will have the pleasure of autographing that purchase. Wow. Well, that's great. I'll also put that in our write-up on our website so people can uh, connect with you on that. And, Wonderful. Uh, and uh, Hank, this is this has been an honor and a pleasure, and so fascinating to listen to what you've had to say. Like I say, I could go on and on because there's, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you were with Tony Bennett and and Duke Ellington, and you took Audrey Hepburn, you escorted it to a gala in Hollywood. I mean, it's just so many things yes. we could go over. <laughs> uh, all those wonderful moments are still alive in my heart. That's great, and and also in your book, so people can can read yes. about them. And uh, absolutely, Hank, I I cannot thank you enough. Thank you very much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Stay well and God bless. Hank Garrett here at On Screen to Be On. I want to thank him so much for joining us. And what an incredible story! And we just we just hit a little bit of the stuff. I mean, there was, I had a list of things to talk to him about. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time. We didn't have enough time to to get it all in. But uh, you you, you got to get his book. I mean, it's incredible. It's just the things he's gone through and everything. And it's called From Harlem Hoodlum to Hollywood Heavyweight you got to check that book out. It's incredible, the things that people he's worked with and the things that have happened to him. So, Hank Garrett, thank you very much for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And things are moving along here at On Screen and Beyond. We've got a lot of things coming your way. We have some great guests coming your way, Oscar winners and a whole bunch of other things coming your way this uh, this month. And uh, if you have a suggestion for a guest, please don't uh, be shy. You can email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and I will do my best to try to connect with these people. Uh, you know, it's, I can't promise anything, but uh, we, we're always, 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 always looking for more people to have here at On Screen and Beyond. Hope you're enjoying the ones we have had recently, and uh, as I reload and uh, put up the all the other 500 episodes that we've had since 2007 here at On Screen and Beyond, that you can enjoy those too. I'm going to be putting up another one probably tonight or tomorrow or the next day, whatever, getting some more up there so you can go back and listen to those old episodes. But uh, it's the people are they're incredible whether it's an old interview or a new interview. It's the, the people are just just great and. Uh, so uh, go ahead and uh, check those out. 
And uh, if you just want to tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond, that would be great. If you get the opportunity and you're on uh, uh, whichever podcast provider, but it mainly uh, the one I know of because uh, we've been on it since 2007, is uh, the Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave a review there, we'd love having a good review from you if you enjoyed the show. Uh, and uh, if, I'm sure the other ones have that capability too. I'm not too familiar with all of them, but uh, if you could do that, it would be great. But tell a friend and get the news out about On Screen and Beyond. I guarantee that if you go back and you look at all the episodes that we've had here at On Screen and Beyond, there's going to be somebody that you're going to say, wow. I didn't know this person uh, was uh, out there and, you know, some people you didn't even know <laughs> what they've done since the this episode or this uh, TV show that you had seen them in or a movie or whatever, but you loved seeing them. And uh, then we have an interview with them. So uh, be sure to check that out because uh, you can go to onscreenandbeyond.com and we have uh, all our episodes listed uh, from season one to season 14. Here we are. And uh, like I say, the links aren't all working because uh, they, they're not up. <laughs> but as I go, we are putting them up. And if you uh, go to um, any of the podcast providers, you'll see the ones that are listed and available right now because those are going up as every time I put one up, they show up. So uh, that's about it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Thank you.